good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are once again. It's time for Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. I'm your host, Jay Fisk. We are on every Sunday evening at 5.30 and again on Monday at 6.30 p.m. here on Valley 104.9 Radio. And the purpose of this show is to bring you a little bit of background about all those wonderful nonprofit organizations who help all of us who live, work, and play right here in the fabulous Snoqualmie Valley. And today we have a very special guest that is going to join us in just a little bit. And uh, we'll be talking about her foundation, one that she started out of uh, a little bit of a tragedy in in her life, but uh, has managed to do so many great things for so many people of that tragedy. And that's one of the things we try and do here on Keeping Track of Giving Back is we try and look at why people start nonprofits. What is it that causes them to reach out uh, and do something beyond uh, beyond what they might have thought their life's mission was. There's something that changes their course of their life uh, in a very positive way, and they shift gears and do very effective things out of uh, out of negativity and turning that into something positive. And we're going to hear that story today. It's a very interesting story. I know you're going to enjoy it. Before we introduce our guest, however, I'd like to remind you there is still, uh, even though we are in a new year, it's no longer 2020. We're now thankfully in 2021. Uh, we still have a pandemic going on out there, and you should be still wearing your masks. Uh, as I remind you each week, uh, every time you exhale, someone inhales. And when they exhale, you inhale. And the purpose of the mask is to make sure that your exhaling does not affect their inhaling and vice versa. So how about be safe and uh, wear your mask anytime you're around other people. Now, I'm not so sure you need to wear your mask if you're out jogging or perhaps uh, you're sitting at home watching television and your neighbors are in their own homes as well. Perhaps you don't need to wear a mask then. That might be just a little bit silly. But when you're within other folks and you're in their airspace and they're in your airspace, that's the time both of you should be wearing your masks. So let's get rid of this doggone COVID-19 and let's make 2021 a much better year than 2020, shall we? All right. That said, uh, let's get into talking about our guest. This is a very interesting lady. It's Nancy Balin. She has been on this program before. We interviewed Nancy back in May, I think it was, might have been early June, because she's the founder of, uh, one of the founders, this group of people did it, but she's one of the founders of East West Food Rescue. And out of the pandemic, she saw that there was a lot of food uh, uh, that was going unused because it was sitting in fields like onions and potatoes and that sort of thing over in Eastern Washington, thought that perhaps some of the food banks and churches over here in Western Washington could utilize those uh, those onions and those potatoes that were sitting in the fields not being harvested because there was no place to sell them. With the restaurants uh, pretty much closed down, the farmers didn't feel the need to, to harvest the potatoes because they just have to store them, and then they had no place to ship them once they were stored because the restaurants weren't buying them. You know how all that works. So uh, Nancy got together with a group of other people and uh, formed uh, East West Food Rescue, and I'm happy to say it is alive and well and doing great things. In fact, a few weeks ago, we had a couple of gentlemen on the, on the program, you may recall, that talked all about East-West Food Rescue. But today, we're not going to talk to Nancy about East-West Food Rescue. Uh, she just can't seem to find enough ways to uh, use her spare time to do great things, good causes for other people. And uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about uh, a organization that she started in 2010 called the Family Jewels Foundation. Very interesting name. I'm sure there's a story behind it. She is the founder and executive director of the Family Jewels Foundation. Please welcome Nancy Balin. Hello, Nancy. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. Great to have you back on again. You know, when you were here talking about East West Food Rescue, uh, gosh, it seemed like forever ago, but 
was only about six, six, seven months ago, I promised to have you back on to talk about the Family Jewels Foundation. Finally, making good on that, but also a lot's happened uh, relative to the Family Jewels Foundation uh, in the last in the last six months, partly uh, due to, uh, perhaps even, even more than partly, uh, due to uh, the pandemic. But before we get into all of that, let's start with, just tell our audience a little bit about uh, the founding uh, of the Family Jewels Foundation, why, why you started the foundation, when you started it, and uh, then we'll, after that, we'll get into a little bit of mission and that sort of thing. So tell us about the Family Jewels Foundation in the early days. I'm happy to. Thank you, Jay. Uh, there was a young man named Jameson Jones, and Jameson Jones was my stepson. And when Jameson was 14 in 2005, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer, late stage, actually. Uh, he, thank heavens, because of a very intensive treatment regimen, he went into remission at the end of that year. But he relapsed in 2009, uh, right, at, right as his first year at WSU, his freshman year, was ending. And uh, he failed chemotherapy and high-dose chemotherapy and died a year and a half after his relapse date. Uh, he died October 7th of 2010. Uh, Jameson was a person who loved learning, his own phrase. And so as we reached the days where Jameson was dying, uh, his family and I, his other parents and I, talked about a legacy for him. And by the time he died, we had decided that we wanted to establish a scholarship in his name, not for kids with cancer, but for their siblings, because his two younger sisters were so devastatingly affected by Jameson's cancer and certainly, of course, by his death, that by the time we had a memorial for him in October of 2010, we had already opened a bank account for this purpose. Wow. Okay. Uh, so out of tragedy, uh, good Good follows. Tell us uh, about the mission. When you created the the foundation, uh, you all the family members said this this will be Jameson's legacy. This is the mission. Tell us specifically what the mission is. Well, this is one of his legacies. He had a lot of a lot of legacies, uh, but the the original mission for the what was originally called the Jameson Jones Memorial Scholarship was scholarships. That was uh, that was our first thought, and that was our only thought for at least the first little while. Uh, they are scholarships to benefit uh, students who have had a sibling with cancer, whether the sibling lived or died. We, we finally, we started at WSU because that's where he was attending college because they were wonderful to him during his second bout with cancer and were wonderful to the family after he died in many ways. So we established at the WSU Foundation and we, we signed the paperwork in early 2012, as I remember, and boom, we had our first scholar within what I think was weeks or months, we had our first scholar. His name is Justin Lusk. Mm -hmm. uh, he had had a nine-year-old brother named Jedediah who had died, uh, I think, nine, either six or nine months after being diagnosed with a brain tumor. In fact, the, the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of Jedediah's death was actually tomorrow, as it happens. Wow. Just, Justin had applied for, had only applied to WSU, and he had applied for financial aid, and he got his award letter, and it wasn't enough for him to attend. And the reason it wasn't enough was because his parents had exhausted all of their finances flying Jedediah around the country to try to save his life. And so, of course, there went Justin's college fund, oh. which we understood because that's exactly what our situation had been for Jameson's two younger sisters. So the WSU let us know that they had, we had a scholar, and we were ecstatic. Uh, and so that, as I remember, that was uh, 2012. Wow. My, my first thought about Justin was... Uh, that it felt like a little part of Jameson was walking around WSU again. Yeah. So, so we were off with a with a bang with Justin. So since uh, since Justin, uh, how many scholarships have you been able to? It's been about ten years. 
in 10 years, how many scholarships have you awarded? We now have a second scholar at WSU. Because that's fully endowed, I don't have any um, active involvement with that anymore. It, it puts out its own scholarship money every year because it is fully endowed. So we have another scholar, a female student, now at WSU. But what we did once we finished the endowing WSU, we raised the $25,000 we needed, right. is what we had always wanted to do was come home and have one here. And uh, all of our kids went to school in the North Shore School District, and so it was natural that we come right here. At that time, I didn't yet have our 501c3, so we needed a fiscal sponsor. And so doing a little Googling, I discovered the venerable gentleman whose name is John Hughes. <laughs> and he is and has been the executive director of the Scholarship Foundation of North Shore for the 30 plus years it's been around. So I connected with John. They became our the, our family, our, our um, fiscal sponsor, excuse me. And we were not then established in the North Shore area. And so the mission shifted only slightly in that students who are eligible are those who have graduated from one of the North Shore high schools, including SAS, all of them. Five, I think they have now, or maybe six. And they have to have had a sibling with cancer. Oh. And uh, there we were, the same mission, back home, and uh, looking for others, other kids that we could help with their college expenses. So you went through that a little bit quick. Just let's make sure everybody that's listening uh, grasps that. The, the, the North Shore Scholarship Foundation is what you've attached the Jameson, uh, uh, am I saying that correct, to the, the, the Family Jewels Foundation, rather, scholarship you've attached that to the North Shore Scholarship Foundation is am I saying that correctly yes in fact what they are an organization somewhat similar to the Seattle Foundation they administer large numbers of funds for people that don't have their own nonprofits or don't have their own nonprofit status 501c3 we all call it and at that time we didn't have one because we okay. didn't have the money to hire a lawyer so we needed someone who was just like WSU Foundation is a 501c3 we needed someone, which was a 501c3, an organization, to administer our scholarships so that donations are tax deductible, which is extremely important course, for yeah. getting donations in the first place. Now, in the meantime, we, we obtained our own 501c3. So that's how we became the Family Jewels Foundation, a foundation of our own right. But we have, since we came back home to Bothell, Woodenville, um, Kenmore, been administered by what is now, was the North Shore Scholarship Foundation is now known as the Scholarship Foundation of North Shore. They have been administered, and by administer, I mean that they they interact with all of the school counselors and guidance counselors. Our scholarship is on their page. They reach out for applicants. They do the interviewing, including us, if we'd like to be. Yeah. Uh, they, they do all the administrative work of finding and then paying those scholarships, and we fund our scholarship. Well, let's go back as to the others, and and and, uh, and we'll come back. We'll circle back around towards the end so that you can sure. give us some information on how people can participate in that. But let's let's uh, let's move back in history a little bit. Um, you, you mentioned Jameson was had, had testicular cancer. Uh, mm -hmm. That is not something you normally associate with with someone in that age group. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Uh, although you don't associate that disease with such a, a young youth, especially a fourteen year old, because you really don't associate it at all because people don't talk about it. Right. Uh, it's a relatively rare cancer. Yeah. And it's in pretty much the most embarrassing area of the body for a man or a boy yeah. who doesn't really want to talk much about his health or his body anyway. 
Well, you know what? We don't so, mind talking about that on this show. So let's talk about that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I'm Neither sorry. do I. Let's, let's talk because there are, I, I, I'm sure there are people here in the Snoqualmie Valley that would not want necessarily want to talk about it either. So what are some of the signs? What, mm-hmm. what, should, what should a family member or an individual be looking for to, to suspect that there may be some testicular cancer going on in their family or themselves? There are some main signs. And I can start with Jameson's. Uh, Certainly any sort of more than insignificant difference in size between the two testicles. If one is hugely bigger than the other or is getting even bigger than it used to be. Uh, Swelling, yes. Uh, Pain, also. Pain is not always present. In fact, it is frequently not present. I don't know why, that's just the fact. But a swelling is certainly one. And and the third major thing to look for is any sort of a lump or bump. Uh, testicles are not lumpy and bumpy. They should be smooth. And uh, and in order to, most likely, obviously, if a, if a, a male is having pain in the testicle, he knows that. If he's having swelling in the testicle, probably knows that too, or else his partner does if he has one and, yeah. and he or she is looking at him. Um, he won't know if he's got a lump if it's not right there on the surface unless he's checked. And so that's why what we have advocated for, for all these years, is that men do monthly self-checks uh, because that is how many, many lumps are found. This is a lot, this isn't a lot different than women testing themselves, checking themselves uh, for breast cancer, is it? No, it's actually almost exactly alike except for one thing. And that is that because of uh, the efforts of organizations like Susan G. Komen and all the other sort of if I can lump them into the, so to speak, no pun intended, yeah. the pink ribbon type organizations. We talk about breast cancer. We talk about um, breast self-exams. It's all over the news. Newscasters are no longer too embarrassed to use the word breast when they're talking about breast cancer. Yeah. Testicular cancer, not the same. I can't think of anything a, a young man would rather not talk about than, than testicular cancer. And the problem is that this embarrassment and shame and prudishness we have about testicles in particular in my, in, on this subject is killing young men. Because yeah. our, our catchphrase for the Family Jewels Foundation for many years has been something that Jameson actually said. We didn't find this out till years after he was after he had died. But something Jameson actually said to a high school friend while he was in remission was this: "It just kept getting bigger and bigger." But I was too embarrassed to tell my mom. Oh wow, wow! And uh, let that sink in for a second. Um, there, because usually you can tell your mom every for the most part. Hopefully, some some more than others. Especially, yes, it depends on the family. It's medical. Yeah, it depends on the mother. It depends on the family. It depends on the cultural background. Yeah. Uh, religion. Some families do not talk about matters like this. Yeah. Some families don't talk about anything. Some families talk about everything. Jameson didn't talk about it until he couldn't get up off the floor. And we were were very open, open-minded, and we talked. We thought we talked about everything. But his embarrassment got the best, the better of him. Yeah. And uh, it really ended up causing his death. Well, I'm I'm hoping if someone out there has this going on in their family or their individuals are not embarrassed by it and will take this as a warning shot to get some help and check it out. I, I love the name, the Family Jewels Foundation. I, who came up with that uh, with that name? I mean, I, you know, there are a lot of names you could have called it. You could have called it the, you know, the Jameson Foundation, right? James Jones. But you called it, you you did that intentionally to be a little bit people's face, I'm guessing, with the name. But who, who came up with it? Uh, Jameson's mother and I had a 30-minute session one morning. We had, as I told you, we had called it the Jameson Jones Memorial Scholarship, yeah. which is what it's still called. Uh, we had our first couple of Jameson Jones Memorial 
Memorial 5 case starting on Jameson's first birthday after his death in 2011. But that Jameson Jones Memorial 5K is a really long name. Jameson's name is spelled unusually, not like the whiskey, uh, and it's hard to remember. And it's it's just really long. It's a mouthful. Yeah. And so we sat down one morning and said, we need to rename the 5K. What should we rename it? And I Googled what are common euphemisms for testicles, and boom, we've got, you know, yeah. a dozen. We went through them, and we, we discarded one or two before we got to Family Jewels Foundation because of the alliteration of the two Fs. Yeah. And it and it was quirky and it was funny and it was a little bit rude, like testicles, yeah. but not so the right way to put this in your face is the wrong expression. Yeah. Um just not so edgy that we would turn people away. Yeah, no, it's My, it, it captures people uh, you know, you glom onto that into that name. I think most people understand what it means when they hear the name. Oh yes they and, do. Then they want to know more about it. And we want to know more about it and we're going to find out more about it in just a minute. We're going to take a break, Nancy, if you don't mind. This is fascinating. I want to come back in after this uh, this brief pause and talk a little bit more about how the 2020 pandemic has affected the the uh, Family Jewels Foundation and where you go from here and you know what how have things caused you to morph and that sort of thing as it has for all of us and we'll do that in just a minute. You are listening to Keeping Track of giving back in the Valley. I'm your host, Jay Fisk. We are talking to Nancy Balin. She is the founder and executive director of the Family Jewels Foundation. We're learning a little bit about testicular cancer and why more people don't discover it early enough. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the foundation, uh, but let's take a quick break and we'll be back after these few words. Have you ever wanted to work in radio but weren't sure how to get started? Or maybe you're someone looking to take on some community-focused volunteer work. Either way, have we got a deal for you? Valley 104.9 is 100% volunteer staffed and operated, and we're always looking for new volunteers. In addition to on-air hosts and specialty programmers, we're looking for people interested in broadcast engineering, local events reporting, or fundraising. As an example, we want to do more live broadcasts of local music, but we need more folks to help make it happen. If you'd like to help, please go to www.valley1049.org, click on the volunteering link, and complete the short web form. Come join us. Broadcasting from our lower Snoqualmie Valley studios, Valley 104.9 FM is KAPYLP, Duval, Carnation, and Redmond Ridge. Attention Valley drivers, State Route 203 between Carnation and Duval has temporarily reopened one lane until January 4th between Stillwater Hill Road and Northeast 88th Street. A signal will alternate traffic. The full highway closure resumes Monday, January 4th with a signed detour in place through mid-January of 2021. For more information, go to the Department of Transportation website at wsdot.wa.gov. Okay, we are back. Welcome back to Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. This is the show that each week looks at a great nonprofit organization that supports us in some fashion, all of those of us who live, work, and play right here in the Snoqualmie Valley. Uh, today we are learning a little bit about testicular cancer, but primarily we're learning about an organization that uh, provides scholarships for families affected by cancer. And we have the founder and Executive Director of the Family Jewels Foundation, Nancy Balin, with us. And before the break, Nancy, I mentioned uh, that we wanted to find out a little bit about COVID. Uh, 
and the pandemic and how it's affected the Family Jewels Foundation. We all, of course, have uh, been affected by this pandemic. What specifically has it done to, for, or otherwise affected the Family Jewels Foundation? Well, Jay, our signature fundraiser, I mentioned a few minutes ago the Jameson Jones Memorial 5K, which after we, we uh, changed the name of the foundation became the Family Jewels 5K, easy to remember, became uh, quickly became our largest annual fundraising event. It is held on the second Saturday of March because Jameson's birthday is March 14th uh, of, of uh, um, 1990, actually. And so it was the second Saturday in March of 2020 as well. And those of you who remember back when uh, the school shut down, it was the following week. So as March 14th bore down on us and the pandemic was growing and the news was growing and we didn't even, we didn't know hardly anything about what we know now, we started thinking about getting 150 to 200 people together in one place, albeit outside, and whether that was responsible and whether we could do that and whether we should do that. And so my board and I agonized for a week and we met and we decided that we couldn't put the public at risk hmm. um, in any way, period. And so around the Tuesday or Wednesday before the Saturday of March 14th, we canceled the event. And it was heartbreaking, of course. Uh, I, I, I never was able, I never could have been able to imagine not having a Family Tools 5K. But the reason it was especially heartbreaking this year is because the race was scheduled for March 14th of 2020, which is Jameson's actual birthday and should have been the day that he turned 30. And it would have been our 10th 5K. So it was just a, a an epic date in, in every way. Yeah. And so we canceled it. Fortunately, we had, and usually our, our registrations were mostly, probably half of them, in the last three days before the event. I have, not being a runner, I have learned that runners decide whether they're going to go to a 5K based on how the weather looks the night before. So a lot of people registered the day before, the day before that, and the day of. We always had walk-ons. We always had people at St. Edward State Park uh, seeing what's going on over there, walking over, deciding they wanted to run, signing up and running. So uh, luckily we had enough money in pre-registrations and the money that we still had in the bank that we were able to fund the three scholarships that are now in their fourth year, oh, these great. three are in fourth year of college. So that was the Family Jewels 5K. We were maybe going to go virtual. We were going to maybe reschedule in September. And then of course, by the time we got to the summer, we knew it wasn't gonna happen in September. Yeah. And what happened, our, our second signature event, which is much newer, is the ball crawl. As I told I, I use every single testicles euphemism yes. as often and as- Yes, you do. <laughs> I can. Well, this would have been our third or fourth Family Jewels, Kenmore Ball Crawl. The three breweries all in a row in Kenmore, the, the Cairn Brewing Company, the 192, and the Nine Yards have sponsored the Ball Crawl the last three years. Well, that was supposed to be November 21st, and we canceled that as well with two pre-registrations. So what has happened is our fundraising has come to a complete halt yeah. since March. Yeah, so that's uh, put you in a, in, obviously in a, in a little bit of a pickle, and we only have a couple minutes left, believe it or not. This half hour goes by very, very quickly. 
in the uh, in the remaining uh, few minutes, tell me where we go from here. What what what's going to happen now, and uh, and how can people that would like to support uh, Jameson's uh, legacy and this and the the scholarship and that sort of thing? How can they help? Well, let me give you the bad news first. The bad news is that after monthly board meeting where we checked in with each other, I have a, a very solid board of nine people now, including me. We got together every month. We watched the pandemic getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And we realized we don't see an end in sight for the, the damage to our foundation. And so our board decided, voted uh, to dissolve the Family Jewels Foundation. Oh, boy. And that, that's the bad news. And it's another whole interview to talk about the impact of that on, on me and the rest of Jameson's family. However, the good news is we have a brand new scholar uh, who is about to start college in Utah uh, probably next week or the week after. And we have made a four-year commitment to him. And our original fear was that we were going to have to say, you know, we're really sorry, Nathaniel, but we can't do it anymore. What has happened instead is that the Scholarship Foundation of North Shore will step back into its original role with us as our fiscal sponsor. So even as we cease to exist as a, a standalone foundation, the Jameson Jones Memorial Scholarship will continue to live at Scholarship Foundation of North Shore. And, but the only way it's going to continue to fund is if we have the money to fund it. And so what we will do, what I am doing one by one by one is transferring uh, the recipient status of all of our revenue, employee giving programs, Boeing, Microsoft, um, out, um, Expedia, King County employee giving, we have an iGive account, we have Facebook giving, we have smile.amazon.com, all of those accounts, those little dribs and drabs and some bigger than dribs and drabs money will now be transferred over to the Scholarship Foundation of North Shore, which will be a DBA, the Jameson Jones Memorial Scholarship. So our scholarship already lives there, and now they will pick up all of, all of the fiscal administration, the collection of revenue, and, and paying it out to Nathaniel for his next four years, and then we hope uh, other scholars of ours in the future. So if someone listening wanted to make a donation to help that uh, that scholarship fund. Mm -hmm. How do they do it? How do they do it right now? Uh, if they want to do it right this instant, they would go to this website, uh, SF like San Francisco or like Scholarship Foundation. SF hyphen N is in North Shore S as in Shore dot org. SF dash N S dot org, and they would they don't even have to scroll down. What they will see at the bottom of their or they scroll down a little, and you'll see a donate button with a PayPal emblem. That's how you donate to the Scholarship Foundation of North Shore. Okay. In the process of making a donation like that, they will be asked which scholarship they want the, the donation to go to. And if they like, and what we would be honored by, is if they would designate the Jameson Jones Memorial Scholarship. All right. Excellent. We, uh, we have less than a minute. Is there any question, I always ask this question, uh, is there any question I failed to ask you which you wish I had asked? And it's not a test if there isn't one that's okay. Well, Jay, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to make a plea to every single one of your listeners in the Suquamish Valley. And that is, if you or your child or your spouse or your partner or anyone you know is complaining of something that is different or wrong, with their testicles, with their balls, with their family jewels, please tell them and please you yourself, do not wait. It is 95% curable if you catch it early. Please go take care of yourself, get checked out, wear a mask, go to your doctor, they're gonna wear a mask too. Get checked out, make sure that it's not something that needs to be treated, that is not cancer because please do not die of embarrassment. 
Wonderful. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I know we're going to hear more from you in the future because you're one of those types of folks that just can't seem to leave well enough alone and are always trying to improve, trying try to improve things. You find, find I hope so. Find a need and fill it. I'm sure we'll we'll be talking to you again. We wish you great, great success. Uh, thanks for uh, for uh, letting us know about the Family Jewels Foundation, a little bit about that and uh, uh, and, and for your, your hard work on that. And we are going to, I know we talked uh, offline, we're going to do a little bit of a fundraiser for you uh, in, in March, second Saturday in March. Uh, yes. And uh, in future shows, I'll be reminding people about the website. We're going to set up a website, uh, familyjewels.meisterweb.com, to do an online auction. We'll be doing a uh, we'll, we'll be doing a, a hybrid uh, type of auction uh, with a little bit of live show and chance to bid on some great items and raise some money for the scholarship foundation at, at, with uh, with Jameson Jones uh, scholarship uh, in mind. And also, we'll be uh, letting people do it by cell phone uh, by texting Jules to seven one seven six zero. I'll be mentioning that over the weeks to come as we get that ready to roll out. But I just wanted to pre let everybody know as a little preview of that. Uh, so this will not be the last time we'll talk uh, to you about that between now and March. Thanks again. Uh, our guest today, Nancy Balin, uh, you, boy, you, you, 30 minutes goes by quick, but you heard a little bit about uh, the Family Jewels Foundation. I did want to let you know that uh, this show uh, survives by getting people that have a great nonprofit organization on it. So if you have a nonprofit organization that is supporting all of us who live, work, and play here in the Snoqualmie Valley, I'd like to hear about it. You can uh, reach me directly uh, with uh, those recommendations and just any general comments by uh, emailing me at jjay at valley1049.org, jay at valley1049.org. Also want to let you know that uh, you can listen to us worldwide on the web by going to valley1049.org, upper right-hand corner, click on the button that says Listen Live, and you can hear all of our programming on the internet. You don't have to be in a Snoqualmie Valley to hear us. If you have friends, relatives in other parts of the state or the world, let them join our listenership as well, valley1049.org. Listen live button in the upper right-hand corner. That's it for this week's show. We're on every week at 5.30 on Sunday evening. It is the Keeping Track of Giving Back show with your host, Jay Fisk. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay safe, everybody.